just a single passage of scripture this morning. You're there, would you say amen? hear some pages turning and that's all right. I love the sound of Bible pages turning on a Sunday morning. Isaiah 58 and 12 says this, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Amen. Let's put down our Bibles and lift up our hands this morning and ask God to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is forever settled and it is anointed and your word is truth and life. And God, I pray that today you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. Speak to us, God. Change us this morning, Lord. Challenge us and convict us as only your word does. In Jesus' name. As you are seated, I am going to be speaking to you this morning from this thought. Building fences. Do we have anybody in the house that has ever taken part in building a fence? I see hands all over the place. So I think that this is something we can relate to this morning. In our passage this morning in Isaiah 58, 12, it was talking about building up old waste places, raising up foundations for many generations, repairing the breach and restoring the streets to dwell in. And what is happening in this particular scripture, this was written at the time of Israel's desolation. They had been carried away into captivity. The walls of Jerusalem had been torn down and there was no, there was no protection around that precious city. And because of that, the people were carried off into captivity. They were living amongst heathen nations and they were barely even recognizable anymore as the people of God. You see, the Lord wrote in scripture in 2 Corinthians six seventeen. he said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Walls and boundaries were important to God, always have been. If you read the book of Nehemiah, that was Nehemiah's entire calling is once this, this nation was held captive and once this city was laid desolate, the Lord spoke to a man and told him, I'm calling you to go and repair the walls and rebuild the protection around that city. Walls and fences have a great purpose in our lives. When I asked if you had any experience with fencing, most of us raised our hands. And so that is why I think it is something that we can all understand and relate to, the purpose of a fence. A fence is a barrier that is erected to confine or to exclude. 
Offense is used to define boundaries and to draw a visual line that can be seen by anyone of this side of the property and that side of the property. Have you ever been to a military installation that is surrounded by fences? Those types of fences are built to keep unauthorized people out of the places that they shouldn't be. But if you have ever been to the zoo, the fences there serve a different purpose. At the zoo, the fence is designed to keep the animals in. Sometimes fences let us know that one side is safe and the other side can be dangerous. God erects certain fences for our protection, and he has been doing this not just around the people of Israel in the Old Testament, but he has been erecting boundaries since the beginning of time. The first boundary he ever drew was a boundary on time itself. He created a boundary that said man should work six days and rest. God erects this boundary of rest because he is a loving God and he knows what is best for us. He knows that man cannot go on all eight cylinders 365 days a year, though many times we try. Every boundary that God erects for us is always rooted in his great love for us. Just as a father would build a fence around his yard to keep his young playing children contained and out of the dangerous street, God is also always looking out for our good. The second boundary that God made in scripture is found in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Here God is figuratively placing a fence or a boundary between humanity and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. To touch the tree meant death. And that is why a boundary was needed. Fences are for our protection. They keep us safe. They hold us into places that we were never, they hold us into places where we are meant to be and keep us from going places that we were never meant to go. But there's one problem. People, since the very beginning, have never seemed to care much for boundaries. Satan entered this conversation and he convinced Eve that the boundary was really no big deal. Satan convinced Eve to sin by getting her to believe the lie that boundaries are not good for her. For all of time, Satan has been working to convince humanity that fences are not necessary and boundary lines do not need to be drawn. 
We've come to a time, thousands of years later, that the world no longer has a line. The world no longer has a boundary line. Sin is not just tolerated, it is celebrated. Secular society not only crosses the line, but they have a parade to celebrate and flaunt the fact that they have denied, defied, and defiled God's boundary lines. The lines are being blurred on anything that God has called holy and sacred from the beginning of time. Things like marriage, morality, holiness, and gender. Where once there were clear lines drawn, now the world is wandering from yard to yard because there are no fences. There are no boundaries anymore. Whatever truth fits your preference, well, that's the yard that you can go to. Truth has become relative. You believe your truth and I believe mine. If you look across this nation this morning, in a spiritual sense, I believe that you will see the rubble of broken down fences, boundary lines that once stood tall that have been ripped apart. And in its wake, you see confusion running rampant. Anxiety, fear, and depression are reaching epidemic proportions as never before. People are committing suicide at an unprecedented rate. Alcohol and drug use continues to escalate because people are wandering around in confusion with no clear boundary lines, and people are looking for answers in all the wrong places. Family systems are breaking down. Why? Because the family was God's idea and he had drawn a boundary line about it. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. One man, one woman for life. What was once clearly... What was once clearly defined is now unclear and left with a confused world. Why? Because we live in a world where boundaries are despised and fences that have been built are torn down because I don't want to live in that fence. Don't fence me in. Truth is relative. I do me and you do you. But the problem with that way of thinking is, first of all, it is satanic. Second of all, there is only one truth. Truth is not relative. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Any other way but following after Jesus and his ways is the wrong way. It doesn't matter if I don't like it. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. It doesn't matter if it steps on our toes. If it is God's way, then it is the right way. So this truth, the one truth, the truth where Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. We have 
this blessed truth. In Psalm 25, 5, it says, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. His truth leads us. His truth teaches us. His truth saves us. As Christians, we're told that we should put the truth on every day of our lives as we engage in the battles of life. In Ephesians 6:14, it says, Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness. John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And isn't it like the enemy to twist and distort the word of God and make us believe the lie that if we know the truth and we follow the truth, well, then you must be bound because you're living behind a boundary and you're living in offense. But the scripture tells us the very opposite. Being, walking with the Lord and being in the truth is not bondage. It is freedom. Now, don't hear me wrong today, because last week I stood behind this holy desk and I preached to you about winning the lost and going out in the world and making disciples, and I am not contradicting myself today, because we are not building these fences to keep people out. You know how? Because our fences that we build have gates. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. We don't build fences to keep out the world. We leave a gate open and we lead them to Jesus, that door of salvation. But we build fences so that this lost world knows where to come when they need hope. The world no longer draws a line. Morality is at an all-time low. So the church needs to start drawing some lines and building some fences. If we love this truth like we say we do, then we need to refuse to take part in the demolition of every fence and every boundary that our precious Lord has ever erected in our lives. The only hope for this world is a church that is shining brightly in truth and holiness. The only hope is for, for this world is for a church that shines in the darkness that is not hidden, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. We regard the Bible with the highest esteem and reverence. This right here is your most precious treasure. More precious than anything we own, more precious than silver or gold, more precious than houses or land. This book is a treasure and from this book, we can determine what is truth. We can determine what is pleasing to God. 
and what displeases him. We can find the right way. We can find the answer to all of life's questions. Yes, we can do things our way, but you'll quickly find when you do that our way is not the best way. And we tend to mess everything up. Ask Adam and Eve. It's been going on since the beginning of time. God draws a boundary. The people don't like it. They plow right through the boundary and they realized God's way was the best way. We do not question the necessity of the Bible. We know it is necessary. We do not question its authenticity. We know that it is a a real and living word. We know that the Bible is truth, the written word of God, and we endeavor to live by it. So on this Father's Day, dads, You're amazing. You are strong. You are incredible. Don't you love our men here at LifePoint? Dads, we need you to help us to build some fences for us. We need you to pull out the tools, to pull out the hammers and the nails, and to start building and drawing those lines for your family, for your home, for your children, for your grandchildren, and for the people of God working together. We need you to speak the truth in love. We need you to draw lines with this book right here. We need you to build fences by exampling the truth that is in this word. We need some men of God who will fall in love with God's word. The Bible clearly calls for a distinction of God's people. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. We are not supposed to fit in. I tell young people that all the time. You're not supposed to fit in at school. They know who you are. You're different. You're called out. You're chosen of God. The word even says that we are a peculiar people. That means weird. There's a distinction, and that's the way God intends it to be. Because when our lives begin to reflect the world's values, we are in trouble. When the church doesn't look any different from the world, we have a problem. When the church doesn't talk or walk or act any different than the world around us, we have a problem. Just like Israel, when the walls were torn down and they were led away captive, they no longer were recognizable as the people of God, but they were mingling with the world around them and they were becoming just like them. Christians who look and act and talk and live like the world will never be able to lead the lost to an old rugged cross. When this confused world looks at the church, they should see Jesus. They should see hope. They should see love. They should see freedom. 
They should see holiness and the beauty of holiness. We must refuse to look like this world. We must refuse to take part in their charades. We must refuse to be just like them. If there was ever an hour that the church needed to stand up tall and draw a line in the sand, that hour is now. Amen. You've heard it said, this is the greatest hour of the church. This is our time to shine. Because as the world gets darker and darker, and as we stand firm in those old-time boundary lines that have been drawn, and we don't move around, and we don't take part in the destroying of fences and boundaries, we're going to stand out. We're going to shine in the darkness. We're going to be seen like never before. And it's not about us but it's about us pointing them to him, to that door. Now is not the hour to get weak. Now is not the time to start tearing down old fences and saying, well, that might have worked for grandma and grandpa, but it's not going to work for me. Now is the time to start repairing some broken down fences from long ago. Now is the time to make fresh commitments to holiness, to godliness, to righteousness, to truth. Now is the time for the church to stand strong and tall and shine the light of Jesus. Jesus in this crazy, dark, mixed up world. I know I hear some of you, Sister B, this sounds a lot like legalism. This is not legalism, this is holiness. And let me explain to you the difference. Legalism asked foolish questions about the fence. How far is too far? How close can I get to sin without really sinning? Will this send me to hell, pastor? Can I make heaven if I dabble in just a little bit of this or a little bit of that? These are dangerous questions to be asking because what we really want to know is how far can I get out into the minefield before I die? That is legalism. When you are more focused on the fence itself than on the precious treasure that the fence is built to protect. The call to holiness isn't about seeing how close I can get to the edge before I die. It is about how close can I get to God before I die? How can I please him? How can I represent him well? How can I hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? We have been called to come out and be separate. And that is what holiness is about. It's about being separate, not because we are obsessed with fences and rules, not because we are focused on the fence, but because we are focused on the treasure that is inside of that fence, the truth 
We're focused on it. We love it. Holiness is about love. Holiness is loving a lost world enough to speak the truth and loving a lost world enough to put the truth on display everywhere we go. Without being ashamed, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Holiness in everything we do, in how we live, how we talk, how we dress, how we walk, how we act, how we speak, how we love others, all of it is done out of our great desire to love the Lord and be his representative in this lost world, to be separate, to be different, to be called out, to stand out, so that when the world goes looking for truth and they're looking for hope and for answers, they see a fence and they see a gate and they see a door and they say, oh, how do I get in there? You know, I've heard people give testimonies before and they say, oh, you know, I did this and that. And remember the days when testimony service used to be telling all the bad things that skeletons hanging in your closet. And that's great. We love those testimonies. We love the stories of the addict who was delivered, the marriage that was put back together. But there's also a testimony in saying, I have lived inside of the fence. That's a testimony today. Because inside the fence is protection from life's heartache and pain and disease. It's protection from all the troubles and the cares that sin brings upon us and that weight and that burden that sin places on us. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know what that means today? He wants us to present ourselves to him, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to him. Why? It's the very least we can do. It's our reasonable service. Think of what the Lord has done for you. Think of the times that he has brought you out and pulled you up and taken you out of the miry pit, out of the miry clay. Think about the times that he has loved on you when you were unlovable. Think about the time that you found yourself at an old rugged cross basking in his grace and his mercy. Think about the times that you didn't deserve it. But think about what the Lord has done for you and ask yourself this question. Is it really so bad to live in a fence? Is it really so terrible to put myself in the protection of the Lord and his word and his truth? It's the very least I can do. I think today on this Father's Day, it's the perfect day for all of us in this room to thank God for our fences. Every one of you in this room, whether you realize it or not, you have a fence. 
you wouldn't be in here. You wouldn't be here today. You're here because you know somebody or you knew someone. You're here because someone told you. You're here because someone built a fence. Most of us know God and know his truth because someone else told us about him. Someone, somewhere along the way, built a fence for you and invited you to come on in. And they showed you Jesus and they opened that door and said, come on in. In here is freedom. In here is life more abundantly. In here is hope. We should be thankful for the fences that have been built. We should be thankful for the men and women of God in our lives. It might be your grandma. It might be a praying grandma or grandpa. It might be your parents. It might have been a Sunday school teacher that told you about the good news of Jesus long ago. It might be a friend that told you about the Lord. Whatever your story is, someone somewhere along the way invited you into the gate and said, come on in. I am thankful today for my childhood pastor. I was thinking about him yesterday. I am thankful for the times that he and my pastor's wife built up a fence around this little bratty kid and set me right inside of it even when I didn't like it. And I'm thankful for a mama who let my pastor fence me in. I'll say that again. I'm thankful for parents that let the pastor build a fence around our children. We need a pastor. It's biblical for us to have a shepherd, someone who can build some fences in our lives and point us to the ways of truth. I'm thankful for the elders in my life. When I look back over my life, there were lots of great people of God that had a huge impact in my life. These people paved the road before us. They walked a life of holiness and faithfulness to truth for many years. They have exampled to us the value of offense. We need our elders. We need their wisdom and their godly example. And parents, we got to build fences. Because I'm here to tell you today, if you don't tell your children what is right, if you don't teach them in their coming and their going, if you don't instruct them every day, someone is going to. So today we need to be thankful for every dad, every granddad, every single mama, every grandmother who built a fence around our lives, who prayed prayers around us, who showed us the truth, who instructed us in righteousness, who told us the best way to go is to follow the Lord. Are we thankful for them today? 
Are we thankful that they called us out to a life of holiness and separation even when we didn't like it and we didn't think it was cool? Can anybody say amen? Amen. If we can all stand. I feel that we've got some fence building to do today, church. In our text, Isaiah 58 and 12, they that shall be of thee, us. I know it was written for the children of Israel, but it applies to us. Out from among this church, God's people, there are going to be those that shall build the old waste places, that shall raise up the foundations of many generations. This church has a rich history of holiness and truth and godliness and righteousness, all while shining a light in a city of darkness. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Men, I'm going to invite you to come first this morning. If we can just get all the men to gather in. You're a brotherhood. Everybody's welcome. Men of God, we need you to build up some fences. We don't need you to step down in this hour from your God-given role as our protector, our keeper, and our defender. We need you to give us some boundaries to live by and to teach us the ways of the Lord. I believe that men of God have a great responsibility in this hour because the hour is dark. The world is full, just as our passage of scripture speaks of, full of old waste places, foundations that have been destroyed. The America that we live in today is hardly recognizable. And the only hope for America, the only hope for this world is not found in a politician It's not found in the government. It is found in the church. Being the church and shining a light and being an example and drawing a line in the sand and saying this is right and this is truth and this is wrong and this is a lie. I'm going to invite everyone else to just kind of come in. If your dad or grandpa is up here, go find him. We're going to pray together today. And I realize 
that this morning there are some of us under the sound of my voice that have never built a fence a day in your life. And I don't mean a physical fence. But you've, you don't feel that you've ever truly built a spiritual fence. Maybe you don't even know what tools to use. Maybe you don't know exactly how to do it. But there's no better day than today to stand up and make a commitment. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's where it starts. It starts with a decision, with a commitment. We're going to serve the Lord. And I might not know all the answers, and I might not have it all together, but I've got his word. And that helps me draw the lines, and that helps me know the boundaries. And if I can just stay in this word, and if I can just share it with my children, with my family, that's all you need. We don't have to make this fence-building thing too complicated, men. And some of us in this place this morning, the Lord impressed this on my spirit in study, that there are some of us today that have fences that we need to mend. We stand back and we look at a fence that was once built and was once very important to us, a fence that maybe our grandparents or our parents placed in our lives, or maybe a powerful man or woman of God. And one day along the way, we just said, ah, I don't like that old boundary line. Let's just tear that thing down. And it's left you looking at a lot of rubble and a lot of destruction because you did it your way. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Today's the day to remember those old Sunday school lessons. To pull really deep within to some of the teaching that your father once taught you that you have neglected and walked away from. Can we all lift our hands, cry out to him this morning. God, we look out and we see a lot of rubble a lot of destruction in this world, broken down fences, torn down boundary lines, desolation where fences and walls once stood. We see desolation where righteousness and truth once stood tall. And God, we're asking you today, Lord, that you would raise up from amongst us those that can build up the old waste places that can raise up the foundations of past generations, that can be a repairer of the breach and a restorer of the streets to dwell in. Oh God, we make a commitment to you today, Jesus, to do things your way and not ours. We make a commitment today, Lord, to follow after you and truth, the truth of your word, Jesus. Hallelujah.